My name is Yemi, and I'm here with my amazing co-host, Philia. Hey, guys. And welcome to Treading Faith. Treading Faith is a weekly podcast dedicated to taking a deep dive into open, honest, fun, and sometimes difficult conversations surrounding our everyday life, our relationships, and our faith walk with Christ. So, Philia, what are we diving into today? Well, Yemi, we are in our final episode of our season of Unlocking Wisdom, where we examine the book of Proverbs, which is designed to communicate our foundational truths in order to give us guidance for living in today's world. And most importantly, we get to talk about our favorite Proverbs of all time. I'm just so excited about that. First of all, congratulations, lady. Congratulations. Yes, yes. Hippie, hippie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm just so excited. First of all, it's the ending. It's the end of the year. Um, We already crossed our 100th episode. We're like, what, 103 now? Is that what we're doing? You know, anything over 100 is like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we are in our 104th episode, and it's like, this was just such an amazing season, you know, and I'm just blessed and honored to call you my co-host. I love you endlessly, and this is just like the best time for us to talk about what we enjoyed the most out of this series. I think for me, you know, I wanted to start off with, I think it was episode 19, which was the grind of envy, green with envy. And (laughs) the reason why I thought that was so apt to talk about is because it's it's Christmas, you know, you know, um, if you are not in the spirit necessarily of giving, you definitely always want to receive. And sometimes our eyes are green with envy. We want so much. We feel like we work hard. You know, you have the social media platform. You see all these wonderful things that people put forth. And, you know, unfortunately, sometimes when you don't have a humble heart or you don't eat humble pie, you get into this idea of envy. But in that episode, we talked about the difference between envy and jealousy. And it's okay to admire someone, but not to wish them negativity, not to want harm to come to them, not to wish malice intent or to be very malicious towards others, because that is something that God frowns upon. And in that episode, I think that there was one important thing where God, you know, where Solomon says, do not envy a man of uh, violence and do not choose any of his ways for the devious are an abomination to the Lord, but he is intimate with the upright. And that was Proverbs 3, verse 31 and 32. And that was just one aspect of envy. So what I loved about this is that Solomon goes on giving us real direction and how to live our lives without envy or jealousy, because a path of envy and jealousy leads to a path of crime, a path of deceit and a way that God will always frown upon our behavior. Uh, That was definitely a good episode. And I, I definitely, one of the things I liked the most about that episode was was creating that distinction between envy and jealousy because I think we we intertwine it so much that we don't realize which one which what is at the root of one or the other um, and and that's a huge distinction right because um, 
jealousy is your your possessiveness of what you have, whereas envy is a desire to to have what someone else has. So that was a good learning lesson for me. One of my favorite episodes this season was episode 14 um, that was called The Lion, the Witch, and Lazy Bones. And that was all about laziness. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Love that title, by the way. (laughs) I think what I really, I think this one really convicted me because ultimately it taught me to not make excuses. Obviously, I don't want to be a lazy person, but I had to acknowledge that sometimes that I I can be lazy. And what does laziness look like? And the overall consequences really, really convicted me, and especially in terms of like uh, being uh, hazardous to someone else, right? Like when you're lazy, you impede the others around you. You 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 don't help other people pro- progress. Like when you're in a group and you're the lazy one, it causes stress to other people. And I, and I really took that to heart. I also took to heart making excuses, having like lack of confidence and all those things that comes with laziness. The proverb that resonates with me is um, 13, 4, which says the soul of the slugger craves and gets nothing, but the soul of the diligent is made fat. And, um, I love that. Yeah, it's so crazy. Like the soul of the slugger craves and gets nothing. So you want, but you achieve nothing. And definitely that's not what I want for my life. I pray against that all the time. I always try to, I always think of myself like, am I the, the person from the parable that has, um that was given like one coin and did and buried it? <laughs> like I want to be productive in this life. So this was a real conviction for me. And it's probably something that I'll go back and listen to again. Right. That's that's really great, Emmy, because I think that us talking about laziness, it actually feels like it put fire under us a little bit, right? Because there's a difference between being exhausted, which because you work so hard, and just being lazy where you don't feel any motivation to actually do anything. And we know for sure that Solomon says that God does not like or appreciate laziness because, you know, if we you know, we continue to move forward, push forward and do things and be active. I think that is something that, that is, is not frowned upon. You know, it's something that's admirable. It's an admirable quality. You know, I think even in that episode, they talked about the ant, you know, being so small, but working so hard and always moving, you know, so being lazy was something that we don't want to do. So I really, really, really love that episode as well. So that's awesome. Thank you. Um, I think the for me, the next one was episode 20, which was the grind of intolerance. Um, I thought that was the reason why I loved that episode was because I can consider myself a very tolerant person, sometimes too tolerant and, you know, very compassionate. I don't like to hurt people's feelings. I keep my feelings and my attitude and my ideas and my voice sometimes to myself because I always think of the other person than myself. And I realized that I'm not as intolerant as I think I am. And I started to realize that when I start seeing my children, where I feel like they're from different planets, you know, I'm a person who, you know, I I tend to be a quick learner. I'm a quick speaker. I am always doing things. I'm never lazy. I'm constantly active. I'm never bored ever. And then I have my kids who every five seconds I'm bored. I don't know what to do. Um, 
you know, they'll see something on the floor. They don't pick it up. I'm constantly cleaning. Even after a long day's work, I will come home and immediately go get the broom and wipe down tables and sweep. And, you know, so for me, I realized I was intolerant. I realized that I would always compare my children to myself. I would say, what planet are you from? I don't understand. How come you don't learn demonstratively? I was never that kind of kid. I could never be comfortable laying and sleeping during the day when my mom is doing something. I would feel guilty, but yet still you guys will be here on the weekends. And I understand it's the weekend and maybe you could relax a bit, but it's one in the afternoon and everybody's just chilling, watching TV. No one is doing chores. No one thinks that, oh, mom is in the kitchen washing dishes. Let's go help. If I don't say anything, if I don't yell, they don't do anything. So I realized I wasn't as tolerant as I thought. So I thought this grind of intolerance, that particular episode, made me put things into perspective and realize that, you know, people who are in a higher position of authority, they just naturally look at others who are beneath them in a different way. They feel that they're not at their standard, they're not at their intelligence, they're not at their level. And we as human beings, Solomon's telling us that we have to be cognizant of that. Don't make yourself bigger than you really are because you don't know that person on the bottom could be um, also the person on top tomorrow and be your own boss. So be cognizant and be humbled. And that's why I love that episode. Be humble. <laughs> Eat humble pie. Yes. I mean, yeah, that was definitely um, an eye opener of what intolerance looks like, even on a, what we may consider a small scale, mm-hmm. just like the, the irritability that I feel and uh, about certain things. Like for me, like people who are slow, I'm just kind of like, why are you so slow? <laughs> like you move so slow, you make decisions so slow. Why are you so slow? I mean, I think I do practice grace a lot. It does. It's not my first reaction. It's actually a hindsight reaction. Um, I do want to m- make sure that I'm putting grace in the forefront, frustration and, and, and irritability, but but those are characteristics of uh, intolerance and nobody wants to be called intolerant. So it's, it's just a reminder to, uh, to do better. (laughs) The next episode that struck me, I would say is episode 17, where it was my help comes from you who made all things. And that was the episode on addiction. And that was a really heavy episode. And, you know, Philia, I appreciate your candor and your transparency and and sharing some of those uh, uh, personal insights into your life, especially about your sister and your nephew. And what it made me really think about is trying to avoid going down a road that I don't want to. And I think like we all kind of struggle in some way with some kind of addiction, some little things. It might be social media, it might be for me, it could be TV sometimes. And so these are things that I become conscious of and I and I try to like capture it. You know, when I say capture every thought and submit it to, to, to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, I try to capture it and make sure that I'm not doing it. And sometimes it's hard, it's difficult because these things become a crutch. And I and I know when we discussed the episode, we were very mindful to say, although we keep saying alcohol, we're talking about addiction to almost anything. And honestly, it made me think about, even though I don't feel like I have an addiction to alcohol, it made me really think about alcohol and, and why I do consume alcohol and what it actually does to my body. Because I never really 
I think about it at the time, but I never really process it that much because it's something that I do socially. It's something that, you know, I'm very accustomed to doing my, you know, like my family, we drink, right? And I, and and again, you know, we're not condemning anyone who drinks. That's not it. It's a personal decision. We're, we're saying, don't be an addict. Don't take it to an extreme where it's a crutch or it's taking over your life. But also, you know, we're not condemning anyone who does any of these things because if it's not taken to extreme, it's, you know, we are, we're not going to say it's a terrible thing, but it's, it's something personal. And I think for me next year, I've said that I really want to try a dry year because, um, honestly, like sometimes I drink alcohol and I get really lethargic. I get headaches. My body feels different. And I'm, myself like why do I do it is it peer pressure is it is it you know social anxiety is it because everybody else is doing it is it because something I'm accustomed to and I want to break away from that cycle and I want to make sure that I'm breaking other things that I may be addicted to whether it's shopping whether it's it's Instagram whether it's television I want to make sure that I have the willpower and strength to say no to things. And I'm I'm just starting with alcohol next year. It's, it's going to be a big undertaking for me, but I am trusting the Lord to, to see me through it. Absolutely. And I love the fact that you're trusting God and trusting the Lord in it, because I think that all things are possible through him. And we have to lean on him for our understanding. Sometimes we don't know why we do the things, but we just got to trust in him. So I really love that. And I think that's just great advice. And I wish you 100% absolutely the best in that. And I know you will succeed. So oh, thank you. <laughs> absolutely. I think for my uh, final, I mean, there's so much more, but you know, I chose to, uh, we chose on three is the grind of excuse making, which was episode number 21. Now, I love the grind of excuse making because I think in this particular episode, what we talked about was um, how people make excuses for everything. And I think that you should definitely walk the walk if you're going to talk the talk. You have to walk the walk. And I think that it's really important to have integrity. And all that is, is what you do when someone is not looking like you, who you are, who you are, your character, you don't put on a show for others. You commit, if you're committed to something, your word is your bond. That is what people judge you by your character. In the grind of excuse making, like I even mentioned the idea of the ant, it's like the smallest things in the world but they are so wise, they are strong, they are full of community. Solomon compares this to certain animals like or certain insects like the locusts who have no king, but yet they all still work together in a community, you know, and lizards who you may gasp when you see them, but they're there in palaces because they eat the insects, you know, for God's sake. So even something that you detest is actually still even helpful. So there's no excuse making. They can't say, oh, because I'm gross and I'm annoying, then I don't, then I'm not worth anything. Everything has a purpose. So to sit there and make excuses for things, you're not doing what God put you on this earth for because we all have a purpose and there's always a reason for a season. So I think that this particular proverb for me, help me put things into perspective and then realize that sometimes you don't have to make up an excuse. You just be accountable for your actions. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I, I 100% agree. I think that these proverbs, all of the, all of the ones that, um, that we've covered today in our favorites, 
it's all about like t- being accountable. So we don't need to make excuses for the reason why we're envious or jealous, why we have intolerance. We don't need to make excuses for our addiction, being lazy. These are things that we need to be accountable for. We need to be accountable to ourselves. I mean, these proverbs are designed to guide us. Mm-hmm. They're designed to impart wisdom so that when we know better, we do better. But it's not always easy (laughs) because when you know better, you don't always do better. Sometimes you know better, but you kind of (laughs) forgot. You know better, but you're in the heat of the moment. You know better, but... These are all excuses that that we make. And I mean, we're not condemning anyone for falling into the traps that the devil lays for us right. to, to, to um, entertain these grinds. Right. But this is why we kind of need to renew our mind daily. Yes. Sure that we're keeping the wisdom on our hearts, on the top of our mind, wearing it like a blouse, wearing it like rubies around our neck, because it does keep us perfect unprotected and how we operate and work in this world. And and we want God God to be proud of us. This this takes me to the last favorite that I'm going to share. I I won't say that all of the the episodes we cover are favorites, but I definitely really learned a lot. But this one really struck me because I had to re-examine how I think about um, God and vengeance. And so this was episode... 18, and it was revenge, a dish best served with grace. Um, And so we talked about revenge on this episode. And in particular, one of the things that stood out to me is that we can, we can always say, let God get revenge, or we, we put in that, we leave it to God, let go, let God, or we, we quote, like, vengeance is mine, says the Lord, because we expect vengeance for our enemies. We want karma. We want what comes around, goes around. But what I learned is that what comes around, goes around also looks like grace because we expect God to give us grace. We expect God to forgive us. So even our enemies, even our ops, even the people who, who've done us wrong, God can forgive them. God can give them grace. God can help them prosper despite what they've done to us. And we have to be okay with it. Now, as a human in this world, but not of this world, (laughs) I would say that that's really hard for me to see people thrive who've done me wrong because my expectation is for them to suffer. My desire is for them to suffer. But that's something that I have to overcome. That's something I have to work on because that's not for me. If I say let go and let God, I have to let God do what God wants. It's God's will, not my will. And and even acknowledging that that is the Lord's prayer, but taking a step further, what does that actually look like? God's will is not your will. It really isn't. Even if you think you have the moral high ground, even if you think you're right, which I do think I'm right most of the time, it is not my will. And I'm reminded of this because I said on the episode that I'm petty. (laughs) I'm not going to lie about that. I'm not going to make excuses for that. I'm going to try to be better, but I don't always lead with grace. I struggle with leading with grace because my petty gears kick in first. Mm-hmm. Something to me, I want to do it back to you. And I learned this lesson. I mean, we always learn lessons the hard way, right? Like you, you're going to, God is going to keep on testing you until you learn because you say, God, take this cup away from me. Mm-hmm. Um, and his mercy, his grace is sufficient. And that may look like testing you until right. you can overcome. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
recently I got petty with uh, with someone at work or like mm-hmm. not or a co- we'll call this person a colleague mm-hmm. person I thought was mean, rude and condescending which the person was and maybe after the third or fourth insult I decided to get petty, right? Like the Michelle, the opposite of Michelle Obama, when you get low, I get low with you. <laughs> candy burst, the candy burst version. Right. And uh, and it came up because I had to tell someone like, you know, like yeah, you know, I had this call and it wasn't productive and they're asking me why and I, you know, and I'm honest. <laughs> because, because you know, I don't really want to say that I was bad, but you know, I have to yeah. Like, listen, it didn't go well, and this is the reason. But ultimately, you know, I think this person is rude and really condescending, and I didn't rise above it. I, you know, I met this person at their level or what I thought was their level, and and the feedback that I got from my senior, who's also serves as a mentor for me, um, she gave me an example when she had a conversation with someone, and she and and the response she gave that person, and it actually came up to actually today. This came up today at a lunch. My senior you told the partner about what happened. And, you know, I I admit it. I was like, yes, I was I was also petty, you know, but petty after the third insult. <laughs> I clarify that. Like I didn't start that way. But even though I didn't I it didn't start that way, I could have risen above it. And again, like my senior gave the example of what they did in their situation. And I said, like, I wish that I had that grace. I wish I had that frame of mind to enter the situations and not let it affect me so much and instead respond in a way that's uh, that's gracious enough not to be insulting, even if the person insults me. Wow. And, um, you know, if we're on the streets, I only give you one chance. But if we're in a professional se- setting, I give you two chances to insult me. If on the street, you, you get one chance to insult me, your second insult, I come back. If we're in a professional se- setting, Two insults, I come back. But what if I never insult you back? What if I heap those hot coals on your head, right? That's what what it says. Uh, Proverbs 25, 21 to 22. If your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. And if he's thirsty, give him water to drink. For you will heap burning coals on his head. And Mm. the Lord will reward you. You know how painful it is for someone to receive kindness in him. in return for their animosity, for their bitterness, it's almost like they have to question their self. I'm being rude and this person is not meeting me my level. Why am I being rude? Why am I being nasty? Why am I being condescending? And I wish I was smart enough, better, you know, but everything's a learning um, opportunity. And I always say like, this is why they pay you the big bucks. This is why you can advance. These are things, these are lessons, not just for our personal lives, not just interactions with our friends and our families and maybe the people we encounter on the streets. So I have to exercise this grace, every aspect of my life. So that not in some instances, I give you one try and some instances I give you two tries. I have to like allow you to uh, um, slap me like what? 77 times. (laughs) I have to allow you to slap me multiple times before and not stoop to your level because not only will God reward me, but it's like Mm -hmm. keeping hot burning coals on your Mm -hmm. enemies. What I really need to do 
is re-listen to these episodes so that the wisdom sticks, right? Like you you hear it the first time and you're like, okay, it's that's lofty. Maybe something I'm going to take from, you hear it again, maybe right. you're actually working on it. You hear it a third time, maybe it's ingrained in you. I am learning and growing. Mm-hmm. Um, the most excited. This wasn't the most exciting season, but it's definitely the most convicting season. I I I leave that for me at least. Yes, I and I agree with you, sis. I think there's no better Bible teacher than Proverbs. <laughs> I mean, it is direct lessons. There's no sugarcoating it. It tells you exactly what you should and shouldn't be doing and what God is pleased or displeased with. And that's what I love so much about it. But I am just so happy to, you know, uh, do this final episode for this year. I think that there's no greater book than ending with Proverbs. And I think that is definitely a great teacher for all of us to act in behavior. So job well done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I think those are really great picks. <laughs> thank you. And you know what? We want to know what your picks are. So please, when we have the live tonight, please let us know what your favorite Proverbs are. And like, so while this is our last um, episode of this year, not our <laughs> last episode period, just right. go ahead listen to our old episodes. Um, we're doing the same because we want to cultivate a mindset where we're growing, where we're going to become better Christians and Proverbs can help us do it. Um, so, so you know what? Stay tuned for announcements and closing prayer. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today as we discuss our favorite episodes from the Unlocking Wisdom Through the Book of Proverbs series. We hope you enjoy the discussion, but before we wrap, we have a few announcements and then we would like to close in prayer. Are you subscribed to our podcast? Do you like us on YouTube? Are you following us on Instagram? Treading Faith is our handle on all platforms. Follow our IG page to keep current on what's happening with Treading Faith. Like and subscribe to us on YouTube and share this podcast with your friends, family, colleagues, and neighbors alike. Our podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, our website, treadingfaith.captivate.fm, and where other podcasts are found. We want to grow. So if you like us, don't forget to subscribe and share. We would like to announce that this will be our last podcast episode of the year. Tonight, we are hosting our last Wisdom Wednesday live on YouTube, December 13th at 8 p.m. Eastern time on our YouTube channel, Treading Faith. We want to celebrate 100 podcast episodes with you. We hit this milestone on November 15th and tonight's Wisdom Wednesday live, we will be doing a bit of Treading Faith trivia and giving out prizes. This will be fun and you don't want to miss out. While we are taking a break until the new year, we want to extend an invitation to you to join our next corporate fast starting January 8th. We will be embarking on a 40-day sugar fast with the guide of the book, The 40-Day Sugar Fast by Wendy Speak. We really hope you can participate. It will be our second corporate fast and I'm sure there will be breakthroughs. 
More information will be forthcoming, but feel free to reach out to any of us with questions, thoughts, concerns, or suggestions. Contact Philly or myself directly or email treadingfaith at gmail.com. Lastly, the year is almost done, but it's not too late to add another note to your faith box or jar. The faith box or what I'm calling God's good gifts is a box or jar where you keep your weekly accomplishments, reminders, testimonies, or any good news. At the end of the year, you will review the contents to remind yourself and have insight into God's presence in your life year round. It's okay if you weren't consistent weekly and it's not too late to start. You can start for 2024. This is something personal and it's just for you. Now let's join together in prayer. We believe in the power of prayer and specifically praying the text of the Bible because according to Isaiah 55, 11, God's word will not come back void. And because we also believe our prayers are strengthened in numbers, we ask that you come into agreement with us for this prayer. Lord, Father, God in heaven, almighty God, Father, our provider, our protector, our guidance, our everything. Lord, we ask you this day, not only to give us our daily bread, but to help us have a spirit of wanting to be closer to you, a spirit of desiring your word, a spirit of desiring wisdom. As we close out this series, oh Father God, don't let any of your teachings fall to the ground on shallow ground. Let it fall to rich soil. Let it penetrate deeply and produce good fruit. Let it sprout in us a desire for more knowledge of you. Let it sprout in us a desire to behave in accordance with your wisdom and principle. Let us spread in, uh, sprout in us a desire to be more aligned with your will. James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. Father God, we thank you that we can just ask and it will be given to us. As we close out the season of wisdom and close out the year, we do not want any of the teachings to fall to the wayside. We want it to penetrate deeply. We want it to take hold. We want it to plant roots, deep roots that will grow and sprout. Father God, if there is anything we are lacking, we come to you, oh Father God, with open hands and an open heart asking for more. We ask for knowledge of you. We ask to know your will. We ask for wisdom. Proverbs 1, 7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but only fools despise wisdom and instruction. Oh, Father God, let us not be foolish in this life. Let us not despise wisdom or instruction, but let us be open-minded and absorb everything we can learn so that we can be better. Proverbs 19, 20 says, listen to advice and accept instructions that you may gain wisdom in the future. Father God, let our futures be bright because we took instructions. We knew what wisdom was and we embedded it deeply within us so that our futures can be bright and prosperous, aligning to your will and to your wisdom. Ephesians 5, 15 to 17 says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of you the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand 
what the will of the Lord is. Father God, we ask you for vision. We ask you for clarity. We ask you for discernment. We ask you for directions. We want to know your will concerning our lives. Oh, Father God, we want to walk in a path that is aligned with you. Oh, Father God, we want to be closer to you. Father God, we want to be gracious and kind to others. We want to be forgiving to others and we want to be forgiven to ourselves. Father, show us the way to walk so that we do not bear off to the path of evil. Our intentions must align with your word, not with what we believe is right, not by the ways of this world, because we may be in this world, but we are not of this world. So because we are not of this world, we want to glean from the teachings that are of you, that are of the kingdom, that are the knowledge of Christ. Matthew 7:24 says, everyone that who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Father God, let us take these instructions, Father, and let us let us implant them, embed them. Let us dress ourselves with them, clothe ourselves in them, bathe in it. Let us speak wisdom, oh Father God, because we want our house to be on solid foundation. We want it to be on the bedrock of the knowledge of Jesus Christ to be on your knowledge and your word. Let us not veer from the path of knowing and loving you and loving all your creation and being kind to others. Let the Holy Spirit convict us daily so that we may be reminded that our path should align with you. And if any way we step out of line, that we are corrected and move back into formation. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by the testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Father God, our will be will be tested in this world. But Father, we want to discern what is right and what is your will. Father, we will be tested daily. But Father, if we renew our mind, if the Holy Spirit convicts us, if we study the word, if we have the knowledge of you and we accept wise counsel, we will be better. We will know what is acceptable and perfect and we will align our lives in that direction. Finally, Colossians 3.16 says that the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. Father God, we want to approach the throne with thankfulness, with thanksgiving, with a song of praise on our mouth, with a heart filled with love and rejoicing. Father God, if there are any days that we do not approach you this way, Father, let the Holy Spirit convict us so that we can correct course and move in alignment with what you desire from us. A heart full of thanksgiving, lips full of praise, singing in our hearts. Oh, Father God, we want to be good stewards. We want to be good disciples. We want to be your good and faithful servant. Help us. For we stray, oh Father God, not because we desire the things of the world, but because we we fall into temptation. But let the convicting 
of us. Let the alignment, the the renewal of our, our mind, let the spiritual cleansing be upon us so that we may put aside the things of the world and only seek after the things of the kingdom. Your word says in Matthew 18, 19, if at least two of us agree on earth about anything we ask for, that it will be done by our father in heaven. So we all come into agreement when we say amen, 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 in Jesus name, amen. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. Thank you for supporting us throughout this year. We look forward to seeing you on the live tonight and we look forward to 2024 with you. Bye.